Ivy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. And you are my first repeat guest. So welcome back. <laughs> okay. Woop woop. So I want to talk about Aries season, of course, obviously, it's a given. I just want to talk to you about what you think this Aries season is going to feel like. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I'm right in the middle of um, writing the blog post for the Aries season. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, I think I talked to you about the first thing that I noticed was that heat coming up from behind. It's like, trying Mm -hmm. to push us into doing Mm -hmm. more than we were doing before and I think it's because we've been in such deep water Mm -hmm. and of course since Pluto has been in Capricorn we've been experiencing that kind of staggering in productivity but I think that that's going to be one big thing that really comes through is that like ushering to like come on it's time to do what you have to do even if it's not like actually doing stuff like working harder or putting out more content But even when it comes to the perspective of showing up for ourselves, being more uh, proactive in our healing, Mm -hmm. it's it's a given. We can't procrastinate on that anymore. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is coming up to a head. The things Mm -hmm. that we can't control are being like taken further out of our control. It's like, no, you can't focus on this. You have to focus on what you can do. And Mm -hmm. it's like pacifying the child, but also putting the phone in the kid's hand at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And you're right. I am kind of intuitively already connecting that Aries season is going to be very busy um, and then kind of slow down a little bit more once uh, Taurus season starts because then we'll have Venus and Mars go into Pisces. So we're going to have another, we're going to be kind of like underwater again. (laughs) There's no ground for us to stand on. (laughs) (laughs) There's no ground this year. Like there was with like this very prolonged Capricorn energy that was a little too prolonged for my comfort. (laughs) So it's just a lot of like highs and lows this year. So when um, Venus is in Aquarius, how how does that usually like feel to you? Like I know how it feels for me, but I want to know how it feels for you. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't really connect or resonate with a lot of Aquarius energy. I mean, I have like my Mars in Aquarius, but it's at 29 degrees in like 40 minutes. So it's almost in Pisces. So it's like, I don't know. I don't really have a good grasp on Aquarius energy. And I feel like no one really does. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I, to me, I'm not trying to really push a lot of like romantic relationships or just even like that type of connection or energy. I would rather explore myself and what my mm-hmm. path is. So what about you? Every time Venus enters Aquarius or like we're in like a Venus Uranus type of inner like sinistry, mm-hmm. then I get this feeling of like really boundless. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like I um like you know how Aquarius is kind of is fixed. So it's like really like immobile, st- stubborn and like stuck in its own like ways of seeing the world and seeing things. But like in that sense, I kind of like really open up to the possibilities of what could possibly happen. But Aquarius is also like my third house. So I was like, <laughs> like I'm sitting here like, yeah, so what could happen? Like the Gemini of all Aquarius. Mm-hmm. I feel like right now I'm just really fixated on the Saturn Aquarius energy because I'm currently going through my Saturn return. So mm-hmm. I'm very present in that. It's just like Aquarius energy. It's about like collective and like group consciousness and stuff. So I, I think we are going to be coming together, but in order for us to come together, like we thought COVID was going to bring us together. It actually polarized us (laughs) in many ways. Uh, But I'm like, what is it going to take 
for us, I guess, at least in this country, just speaking nationally, what is it going to take for us to actually like give a shit about each other, despite what capitalism and the patriarchy is trying to throw at us with like propaganda and stuff? Like, I don't know. I'm like ready for that shift and that change. And I, I definitely feel like it will come, but we're probably not going to see that until the next couple of years. I'm curious about what that'll look like too. Even that there's so much that can divide us, I think the intention would have to be to divide us in order for us to actually come together mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. They have to be something that's really uh, polarizing to happen. Mm-hmm. That it's like, okay, yeah, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Because anything dealing with politics is already like feeding into that duality. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we we'll have to have something that's really intensely dualistic. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah, this is too much for us. Yeah, yeah. But this reminds me of that, um, you know how when the universe expands, there's that theory that if it expands too much, it'll like collapse it on each on itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna happen to us where it pulls itself apart so much till it reaches a breaking point and we have no choice but to snap back together mm-hmm. as one. I don't know. That tension is just so scary. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of tension and I think that is kind of like kind of like the fall of these uh, late stage capitalism, like these masculine structures, because this is kind of like the last hurrah of Capricorn and like a major level. Like maybe it is going to be like World War Three. Maybe this we're already like in the beginning of it, but maybe that's what is going to be the medicine <laughs> to uh, kind of put us together in some sense, or just, I feel like just reprioritizing and shifting like what is important like when it comes to our if like our natural resources get affected that's going to take precedence and priority and you know but when it's kind of like oh our money or jobs are under pressure then it like shifts back into that capricorn mentality but we need to come into a more humanitarian way of living and that is ultimately more self-sufficient and we need to get back to that and i think where you just become like so far away from, I guess, collective counterculture like energy. Yeah, I read your post on that, like your writing piece. I read mm-hmm. it and I was like, you know what, she's on something. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is the dream right here. Yes. And we do really need to get there. And I feel like we will. And we see like little pockets of it happening around the world. And even like in the United States, there are like a lot of counterculture communities that are thriving and that are not cults. <laughs> you have to be very discerning about that. And it's just the way of our ancestors and the way of indigenous tribes. And they were able mm-hmm. to like survive a lot longer and a lot and thrive a lot better than what we're going through now. <laughs> so exactly. And it's just a kinder way of going. Like um, when I started reading my mom's Bible, mm-hmm. one of the first poems was talking about how necessary charity was. And I was saying, you know, you hear, you're going to hear this word a lot in the book, so you might as well Google it. In the way that charity just means being generous mm-hmm. or kind to someone else, just being generous and kind in general mm-hmm. is really, it, it speaks a lot because that's one thing that we lack is empathy, generosity, and mm-hmm. just general kindness for no reason in this country. <laughs> <laughs> No matter who you are or what you do or what you look like, it's like you are worthy of being loved. But more than that, it's like we feel the capacity to just be more generous and be more loving, even if we don't want to, even if you don't like people. Mm -hmm. I find that even with Aquarius people, because I feel like they have that sense of like, even though they may not seem like they care too much, it's like they will go 
to the ends of the earth to take mm-hmm. care of people, to make sure that everyone is okay, and to make sure that everyone has a place. And I think that's a really big deal to make sure that we all have a place because right now it's like every, there are people who are cast aside who mm-hmm. don't have a place, who really shouldn't because they're mo- most likely to be like creative people or people who would be really hard workers that just don't have the resources to mm-hmm. show up and I think that's like it's just it doesn't make sense how here you shame people for not contributing but we also lack the resources mm-hmm. to actually help these people get into being contributing members of society mm-hmm. yeah I mean, it's like we have it we just don't expend it and it's mm-hmm. not okay but it's just it's what it is and I think that's going to change a lot with mm-hmm. this Pluto return transit. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And like, we're already seeing the shift on the internet because Saturn, the internet's going through a Saturn return. So we're seeing a lot mm-hmm. of information come out and like a lot of things about, um, you know, capitalism or just the working stuff. There's like this huge revolt, at least through technology online that's happening, like, you know, talking about their experiences. And like, we never really had that perspective before. Like we maybe internally knew something was wrong, but to see it externally reinforced by so many people around the country, there's solidarity in that. And Mm -hmm. that's going to push this liberation and revolution to like step out of convention. I think it's really important, but it's also the Aquarius energy is very beautiful because it's very accepting because it's alien in itself. Right. I am happy and excited to kind of see the end results. I think to get there, it's going to be a clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we got to live through it, you know, so we're going to experience it to be determined. I do also kind of want to tail dive into the North Node in Taurus right now. You know, that's also in connection to the Uranus in um, Taurus too. So I think everything's kind of like the puzzle pieces are coming together with this shift, at least in this country. Uranus in Taurus has been a very interesting transit. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like once again, like since 2018, once I, once I was able to notice it, it's like as soon as I was able to drop out of school, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uranus and Taurus is like, yeah, nothing's ever going to work out in this way for you again. So <laughs> just be glad that you're here mm-hmm. because it's like that shifting. It, and it works coincides with that, like you said, with the Pluto return happening. It's like everything's going to come together because the Uranus and Taurus breaking down what we actually value and seeing how that plays into terms with our... Um, sense of community and togetherness but also seeing how the way things are shouldn't be the way that things are like it's Mm -hmm. not normal Mm -hmm. and Uranus I feel like is sitting there like tower card like we're we're fucking this all up like it doesn't even matter like you were attached to this Mm -hmm. who cares (laughs) it's not even a why it's like why do you care about this so much it's so insensitive but <laughs> yeah, really. I think, it, I think we need that insensitivity because it's like even being someone who was born under the Cancer North Node, who is super sensitive to mm-hmm. everything. I'm like we don't need to be. And with the with the North Node moving through Taurus, transiting our um, second house or whatever Taurus, um, whatever Taurus rules in our charts, it's really going to be checking out and shining that light on exactly what we value, why we care about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. and how it needs to change um i see that now like even when i'm looking at faith and religion um food that we eat and i talk to mm-hmm. my grandpa a lot about that now mm-hmm. about like the foods that we eat and how 
I don't know, like just the bread, like bread in general, like how mm-hmm. that has even changed over oh, time. Yeah. And we need to go back to well, how it's preferred to go back to just having a more grounded, natural way of approaching life and living life. Mm-hmm. I think the North Node sh- shifting through there, it's not going to be a long transit. It'll just put that idea in our head. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe this will be a better idea. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to Uranus going through Taurus, it'll be, I feel like it'll be more impactful. Yeah, everything you said, it definitely hit the nail on the head. And because like Taurus is the body, it's also our self-esteem as well as the material resources of, you know, money. Um, So it is kind of like definitely going back to nature in a sense. And, you know, that Empress energy (laughs) and Tara, like going back to that and just really connecting you know, it could be connecting with femininity, but also just connecting with natural desires and really trying to separate our need for material obsession. And that's intertwined, I guess, with ego and all the things, but it's, Taurus energy is a slow build, like all the earth signs. So it's going to be kind of like a soul fall or like a disintegration that's happening with this Uranus Taurus. And I wrote about this transit back in 2018 and kind of predicted how society was going to shift with students like kind of having school online more and then working more online or at home. And I, I didn't know COVID was going to happen, of course, then, <laughs> but, you know, it has really shifted things. And, um, reprioritizing but it'll be interesting with the north node and taurus i think it's just all going to help us just really move away from this like boss bitch attitude that we've been under for so long pretty much under since when capricorn went into pluto in 2008 we've been under this like perception that life has to be this way this is success and now these planets like transiting through taurus are like actually no (laughs) what if you just (laughs) like live life like a cow and just ate off the land and just relaxed and slept and moved easy and moved slow through the world like what would your life be like right so the thing that can't that comes to my mind a lot that i've been thinking about a a whole lot since probably um july august Mm -hmm. is crystals and it's because i haven't been motivated to even buy crystals like to even look at crystal shops to look at what they have going on Mm -hmm. um and like I want to go out and buy stuff. I want to buy crystals. I love pretty things. But it was that sense of we're moving out of this phase. Like the earth mm-hmm. is moving out of this phase. It's like what you have, keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not, because it's not going to be as readily available. It's like it's not going to be recommended to have okay. in such of abundance. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, it has to do with the mining of the earth. I don't think it has to do with actually possessing crystals, but the mining of the earth is going to be something that we do a whole lot less. And I've been noticing the down, the downfall in that mm-hmm. industry a lot since COVID. Mm-hmm. But I've been noticing like a lot of like, you know, that feeling of like, yeah, don't, don't, don't buy it. It probably has to do with like the ethics behind the mining of the crystals and stuff. But I can definitely see a downshift in the actual like production. And like, I can just see that plummeting, that industry plummeting mm-hmm. because it's because of that um, influence of the natural resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I feel like now it's become so oversaturated. Like a couple years ago, I was like in this crystal high. I was like, I gotta catch them all, you know. <laughs> I was really like that, <laughs> you know. And I have like a museum now. I have like so many. I have like almost all like every type of crystal. And you know, I love my collection, but I am not 
drawn to buying anymore, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell crystals. Like I really wanted to start doing that like a year and a half ago and it just never aligned. And I'm really happy that it didn't because I think it's just going to be just, yeah, the industry is already like dipping and slowing and it just doesn't feel as sacred or as special as it used to. I mean, I'd still have plans. Like one of my goals next year is to go to Tucson and go to the gem shows, but I want to like physically be in the presence to hand select instead of Mm -hmm. like going through like a screen, you know, which is, there's no like problem with like buying crystals via the internet, which is where I buy most of mine. But I feel like we need to get back to the physical connection of selecting our tools and um, like touch like the senses and seeing how that connects with you. And I think the more we gravitate towards in-person buying and selling, coming back to that community will really help us not contribute to so much excess and waste of products. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to get rid of the Amazon mentality where it's like, I see something online and I buy it, you know, right, right. away. So yeah. there's also that really big thing around like instant gratification, attention span, and like that dopamine hit that we get from having that type of satisfaction so readily. Mm-hmm. I don't know about other people, but like it's been like a really big theme in my life to like kind of curve that you know um that card be careful going around curves i don't know mm-hmm. if it's in morgan's tarot or in postcards um, i think it's morgan's yeah so i get that card a lot <laughs> <laughs> and like it reads one way but then i started noticing that it's like also no- seeing how it curves into coming out of really big heavy cycles that i participate in like when it comes to social media my mm-hmm. social media consumption my screen time when it comes to um working really really hard mm-hmm. and like being so like gung-ho about being driven and accomplished and doing all these other things it's like be careful minding your way away from that mentality mm-hmm. like you don't want to crash too hard but at the same time don't stay like you have to mm-hmm. go around here somewhere but don't go too fast and that's been a really big theme in my life but i think that has to do with the capricorn and taurus transits right now because mm-hmm. big earth sign energy of like being more intentional mm-hmm. um, being more grounded and I think it, it's just necessary because we're not going to be able to hold on to much as these things change I definitely I definitely feel that and I've been having like very profound dreams of non-attachment like dreams as if I am kind of pushed out or forced to leave or migrate somewhere and I can only take certain belongings on my journey. And I had a dream a couple nights ago where this man, he was maybe in his 30s, he was telling me, we got to go, we got to go. And I had like a backpack and I was contemplating you know, and we had a limited amount of time to grab like certain crystals. And I grabbed like my huge carnelian piece that I have. And that's like all I pretty much brought on my journey. And I had some, I know it was, it was kind of a nightmare, but, um, <laughs> but I just remember feeling a sense of relief, not a sense of scarcity moving forward with just that one object that was just one of those crystals. And part of me was like, you know, I don't need so much on this journey anymore. I don't need these material objects because I have myself. And the carnelian, I think, is the stone of Aries. So I I think it was kind of like also like, you know, you are an Aries. This is your energy. You just have to, that's like your currency, you know? So, but I've been having a lot of dreams about that. And I've been also having a lot of dreams of connecting to ancestral land and like Mm -hmm. the importance of land 
in your life and coming back to the land of your ancestors or coming back to the land of even like your childhood home. There's like this residential energy there. And I think that's also a sense with these tourist transits, we're kind of coming, having that homecoming with our soul in some sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, times are changing and we really need to be mindful to get out of that programming that we've been oh, subjected nervous to. nervous about when the note moves into Aries. <laughs> oh gosh, that's going to be wild. Yeah. I wonder what will happen. Like, what, what will life look like in a couple of years? How will we cultivate and utilize that energy? For me, like, I'm going to be going through my ninth house perfection at that time. So I'm going to probably be traveling. So I'm probably not going to be like, you know, present trying to build something tangible. I'll be like working in mm -hmm. spiritual development, but a lot of people get really um, intimidated by Aries energy. Yeah. I noticed that. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> we don't get it. We don't get it. But I think like to know yourself an authentic real level, like shadow and awe, a lot of people avoid doing that work. Whereas like Aries, that's like, oh, that's what I eat for breakfast. You know, it's just like yeah. very easy. And um, like I, a lot of people in my life are going through their 12th house perfection year and their first house. So there's like a lot of endings and new beginnings of self. And it's mm -hmm. a reckoning that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. I didn't realize how uh, uncomfortable and even uncommon that type of shadow work was until after I started actually being spiritual in public mm -hmm. and then i realized that people don't do that <laughs> that's what I thought it was so weird i thought like this type of questioning yourself and looking into who you are mm -hmm. was normal but then i have pluto in the first house so i don't know <laughs> it's like maybe maybe it's normal for you girl <laughs> maybe you like that pain maybe you're a little masochist it's okay <laughs> Yeah, no, I like it. I think that's why I found astrology and tarot and everything because of that sense of self-discovery and self-development. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. But a lot of people I know are just like, oh my gosh, I got to know myself. And it's like, why don't you want to? <laughs> I'm like, it's not that bad. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is for some people. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about too, the lover's year. In tarot, Gemini energy, part of the fuckery. <laughs> part of the fuckery. You know, I was so excited for 2022 because I'm a mm -hmm. life path six. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. like six energy is like, I don't know, like, you know, that feeling when you're standing in the wind with your eyes closed. That's how I feel when I think of six energy. I'm like, yes, this is blessed. This is a blessing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and coming into this year, I knew that it was going to be a blessing because last year was so hard. Mm -hmm. And if you get into numerology, like 2020 being an emperor year, being a year of where we actually find a sense of where we need to be stable, where we're trying to gain control. Last year, losing that sense of control, even though we thought we had it. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then coming into this year, it's like surrender 100% because you know that you don't have control that mm -hmm. you want. You know that the way that you thought you could do it, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So what's left to do? It's like, let it happen. Let whatever happens happen. Especially when coming in this year, when I did the reading for Pisces season, it was like a huge question of faith. And I think the, not even the decisions, but the things that we realize now 
will help us navigate the rest of this year um, up until next year because it'll mm-hmm. be that sense of harmony. And it's like if you have that, if you find out what even one thing that can maintain that sense of okayness within you, it's like, okay, I can go back to this thing, calm down and re- resurface to take care of my other responsibilities. I think that's really important. And then, like, if you think about the sixth house and what that rules and about your health, about your routines, mm-hmm. about your everyday life and how that needs harmony, how Virgo energy in itself just needs harmony in order to mm-hmm. thrive. <laughs> yep. And then realizing that the one way to seek harmony and to actually reach it is to just be still. <laughs> so, you splash, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this year, I feel like it'll be really hard for people who don't know how to relax. Mm-hmm. And it'll be really beneficial if we learn now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah 100 percent. and like jupiter is in pisces for the majority of the year so it is you know reflection of the sixth house of virgo and we have to also remember that a lot of virgo and pisces energy is dealt with community as well because virgos they need a push from external energy they're not going to find that source of self-motivation unless it's mirrored or reflected with other people like they need that urge and i feel like you know, healing doesn't have to be doing it alone, even though with Pisces energy, there is a lot of isolation there. But um, Virgo kind of is like, well, let's maybe go on a retreat where there's other people, but no one's talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like a silent retreat, which I did go on and before a couple of years ago. And it's just definitely a very healing energy, but we can heal through community, even though we're personally working on our own selves. But I mean, the lover's energy... I think it's also about discernment. And I think discernment is very important when it comes to all the changes going on and like who has access to our energy, you know, when and why, and just kind of holding our own sacred energy, like to ourselves and like knowing that it's rich, it's important and it's vital. And we shouldn't just give it to anyone, even though there's going to be, there has already been, but this year is like a lot of external energy coming our way. And it's really important to um, hone in on that discernment when it comes to connection as well. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is definitely a big emphasis on what we consume too, Mm -hmm. about a lot, like the influx of information Mm -hmm. due to social media advances. Mm -hmm. Oh man. So it's like, not only like harmonizing with life itself, but with other people, with your community and seeing how those interactions impact you. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's big. It's, it's huge because Gemini also rules social media and the internet mm-hmm. and technology. So yeah. And it has just been like a flood of so much information. And I also think the timing of it with all the ads constantly like you know on your feed like pretty much like facebook and instagram it's just 80 percent ads at this point you don't even really know what real content you actually subscribe to see or follow yeah. to see and i think there's like definitely there's that duality there coming through i'm still helping with that discernment but it's also like you can't avoid the energy you mm-hmm. have to i guess be in control of what you decide to consume or partake in yeah. So yeah, commercials were the reason why I unsubscribed from Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so serious. Cause why are why are there three commercial breaks in a Sailor Moon episode? I'm sorry, but Sailor Moon can't even afford one commercial break. You know how short those episodes are. Mm-hmm. I was disgusted. I unsubscribed immediately. Yeah, I mean, then they if you don't want the commercials, then you have to pay for 
you know, a higher, you know, mm-hmm. service. And it's about the yeah. same price as Netflix. I'm like, well, um, if I have HBO, mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's, let's list the bills. If you have what Amazon Prime, HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, mm-hmm. Disney, Apple. <laughs> Apple. Oh my God, do we have Apple TV? Apple Music? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you might as well buy cable at this point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not doing that. Yeah, there's so much too. Like, um, because I used to have all of those. Um, and I didn't go on Netflix for one week because I was watching like my Hulu shows and I go back on Netflix and I'm like, why is there like 15 things I want to watch right now? <laughs> like it's so much like new stuff came out. And um, I think that's definitely there's just so much consumption. My big thing this year, and I've been horrible at at this, and you know, I'm trying to work on trying to be my best self. It's just like turning off all devices, not watching shows past like 11 p.m. for me so I can read a book, words, paper mm. pages, like a concept, but... Um, <laughs> turning things off to read. <laughs> and it's such a challenge because I love to... I only watch like shows at night, but it's just like 11 p.m. is like, that's the cutoff time. Read a book. <laughs> You sure you don't want to do that like earlier in the day when you have like energy? No, no. Books help you fall asleep. <laughs> Books help you fall asleep so they're boring. Are you boring? No, no. I'm I fell asleep because when I started reading the Bible, I was like, I'm going to read this from the front page to the back page, cover to cover, no skips. I almost skipped the first chapter of Genesis like I'm not gonna lie (laughs) because I fell asleep on it three times in the first three pages you know how hard that is (laughs) yeah so I mean I have the habit of reading the back to the front so bad but it's like not when it's kind of like a novel because I like to you know be surprised but with like any other like books like astrology books or like Reiki books I have I for some reason I like to look at the end and work my way to the front. See the conclusion. Yeah. What's their point? What's their purpose? Yeah. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> Give me the tea. I want the juice. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, Gemini energy, discernment, discernment when it comes to connection with the lovers. And yeah, the lovers, like, you know, isn't like really romantic at all. And we have to really get mm-hmm. rid of that conven- that conventional way of this card of like, this is the marriage. This is the union card. When it's like, we really have to it's think really about this choice. in a, other terms yeah choices and thinking about really the type of energy you want to embrace pretty much yeah Mm -hmm. and like i see that with the lover's card like every time i see the lover's card like in this mucha deck that i got the lovers is depicted as this it looks like the regular lovers Mm -hmm. with the angel overlooking but it has this image of um a male figure like kind of embracing the female figure and she's Mm kind of like huh (laughs) (laughs) so um i think of that a lot when it comes to like the things that we allow ourselves to get swept into Mm -hmm. so um thinking of that and thinking of the power of our subconscious and how we can harmonize with weird shit unconsciously (laughs) oh my gosh the amount of things that i got swept into just because i wasn't paying attention Mm -hmm. and so that grounding of our attention we have to pay more attention to what we're actually involving ourselves to the contracts that we're signing i was thinking about Mm -hmm. this in the shower about the dynamic between the devil and the sense of um godliness Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I like, and I thought, because I was watching the movie, I watched Lords of Salem mm-hmm. um, by Rob Zombie last night too. And there was, the scenes is very like Satan worship. And I don't have anything against anybody's faith. I mean, believe what you want, but the idea that you're worshiping the idea of something that could be better than what you were taught. Mm-hmm. You're not worshiping the actual devil and then it's like even then it's like you believe that this is the real god mm-hmm. do you, like it's like these are coming from people who were swept into you were brought into religion and faith as a whole too young you mm-hmm. were brought into this without even having the opportunity to understand what it was so now you're using your ego and the things that you want to feel and your desire for hedonism and all of that other shit mm-hmm. to determine what you actually what would be real that sense of having to be so determined and so mm-hmm. knowing of what you're doing is going to be subsided by actually paying attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like that car, I, it keeps going back to be rather than to seem. It's like you don't want to seem like you know better or like you do better or like you're happy or like you're enjoying yourself, but you actually want to do it. Mm-hmm. So instead of looking out to see what other people are doing or getting swept into the idea of what may possibly feel good, it's like taking a step back and being like, okay, realizing that this is what I like. This is what I want. Instead of letting the, an external force just sweep you in and have you all confused in that mm-hmm. sense of like a real or a false God or that sense of belief or faith is that duality between the lovers and the devil. Mm-hmm. It's like what's real and what are you attaching yourself to because it just feels like it could possibly be beneficial or is presenting itself to you in a way that may be beneficial i mean like you said discernment plays a really big role because it's what you believe to be true it's like what what feels right what is right you know your discretion it's like it's your choice paying attention to what's actually going on nothing that goes back to technology and going back to the flux and the cost of our attention and that's advertisement <laughs> you know so exactly. and then that's also propaganda then it's also brainwashing and then it just keeps you further away from knowing your true authentic self which is why it's so important to the discernment but also to have non-attachment and to really step outside of whatever externally Mm -hmm. is trying to feed you and be like, no, I can feed myself. I have my own hands, you know, I can grow my own food. Like it's, and I feel, um, the mindfulness too, with, uh, fear-based mentality and thinking, cause it's like that evil twin, good twin or like the devil, you know? And I feel with the news with, you know, COVID, it was fear-based, Mm-hmm. And it got amplified. And now what's going on in Ukraine, it's fear-based, it's amplified. And then it trickles down to gas prices, you know, inflation, all this stuff. And it's just like, we feel like we're in this loop of endings and death. And, you know, in a spiritual sense, we are with Pisces season and this year, Jupiter and Pisces and Neptune. But we have to understand that there's faith, hope, and trust and love that's on the other side of that. But we have to make sure we don't get so brainwashed into believing that that's not an option. Right. And also, I think that like inflation due to Jupiter's influence in Pisces, Mm -hmm. I think it's so crazy how Jupiter can just, in Pisces, Jupiter can inflate things beyond your wildest dreams. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that I had channeled. They were like, yeah, because I was just thinking about it like I do. No, it's just like beyond your wildest dreams. And it's like when you're young, you think, wow, the possibilities. But when you're older, you're like, fuck. Like, <laughs> wildest dream. 
the name is homie, I guess. Could be $10. Like, oh my God, I don't want to speak on that. <laughs> Go take that back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Call yeah. on the wood spirit. Like, please look after us. We don't need that. <laughs> we do not need that. Yeah. And this is where I'm, you know, looking forward to more of a Uranus impact through this Aquarius energy because we need revolution. We need change. And we can only get this together if we all decide we're just not going to use our card today. Or like, we're already seeing that with the Uranus and Taurus with the work uh, and being like, you know, F no, these are my boundaries. This is my worth. You know, that has happened, but that needs to now trickle down through the rest of what's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I already, I know we're just going to have, and it's going to be amplified in a level where there just can be constant boycotts or we're not doing this today. We're not going to be paying our student loans this month. Everyone who's in like, <laughs> we're going to start getting to that level. And that's what we need because if we all decide in a collective level that we're not going to do something because we have to take our power back from the devil and the devil mm-hmm. Capricorn energy rules the devil. So <laughs> taking it back from government, taking it back from patriarchy, taking it back <clears throat> from capitalism, taking it back from anything that thinks it's in control, because mm-hmm. why do you think you're in control? You're not in control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so. think even that sense of having control can be an illusion, which mm-hmm. I've been pulling the seven of swords a whole, I oh, yeah. seven of swords, the seven of cups, mm-hmm. which seven the seven of, of swords too, mm-hmm. but that's something different, but the seven of cups a lot. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you think is one thing but in reality it's like Mm -hmm. it could be something totally different you never know Mm -hmm. exactly um so kind of speaking on some of the stuff with capitalism uranus capricorn you know let's talk about how that has been influencing the witchy space and social media and yeah witch talk all that i know that the money hungry people taking advantage of uh, spirituality in a sense that it could be like a quick, easy side hustle. Like that's not new, but it is so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have this very distinguished, uh, distinct memory of going into Barnes and Noble after work because I worked at the mall. So Barnes and Noble was right there. Mm -hmm. Go to Barnes and Noble. I asked her, where are your tarot decks at? Because I don't know. Because they move stuff around all the time. So she takes me to the tarot deck section. She's like, yeah. They were really, they're getting really popular. We're getting way more decks now. I'm like, okay. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, people come in and there are a lot of people buying all these tarot decks and I got anxiety. Like my chest literally like, because <laughs> I was like, ah! more people. Yeah. But then it hit me that, um, yeah, duh, more people because more people are wanting to step away from what they know. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I could think of was how saturated the tarot reading industry was going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's worse than restaurants. It's worse than fast food. Like <laughs> it's worse than Burger King, Wendy's, cookout, and McDonald's on the same block. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I got so frustrated because the first thought that came to my head was, how am I going to be able to charge reasonable prices for the energy exchange that it is? to mm-hmm. give readings, to offer any spiritual um, service to anybody. If people are going to be out here on Etsy selling them for $3, $5. Mm-hmm. And it really annoyed me because these people are not offering a valuable service. They're just offering something that's easy and accessible that people are like, well, that's cheap enough. I'm going to buy it. 
But what mm-hmm. about us who are experienced, who have been building our skills for 10 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plus years to be able to like maintain their living? Because it's like you and I, our prices are over $100 for a reading. Mm-hmm. But we also offer value. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's not fair because I don't really care about fairness. I care about the, the re- it's not reasonable Mm-hmm. because now you have people who are who just started reading tarot yesterday mm-hmm. who got an oracle deck for christmas because they <laughs> thought it looked cool on instagram who are mm-hmm. sitting here like oh yeah i'm gonna i am a high priestess and i'm gonna connect to your spirit guides and your ancestors and i'm gonna pull a message from the gods with my intuition I'm like, bitch, you don't even know what an intuition is. <laughs> kind of Google that word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so it's problematic. Like people think that they have control or they have a sense of knowing or understanding and something that it is so intimate and so deep. And mm-hmm. I'm not a gatekeeper. I don't care if you read tarot. Like, do what you want to do. In fact, mm-hmm. I believe that the industry is big enough for everyone to reach their needs because, of course, people need different people. Mm -hmm. but jesus like at least know what you're talking about before you start talking (laughs) yeah yeah no you said so many things and i definitely see that um as well of course and there's there's a lot of problems too with like and then a lot of people too they just don't know their value or their worth of what they're doing and Mm -hmm. it also harms like i don't want to call it an industry but it it harms it as well (laughs) because um it's like it becomes this Normandy that, oh, you know, $60 is, you know, too expensive, even though really it's not $60. for the exchange, you know, yeah. and then you see people like, and I've, I saw this recently, I saw someone who had like a huge following, had her own tarot deck, had her own book, and was charging like for $30 readings and stuff. And to me, that was like a misalignment of value. I was like, wait, okay, you are, you have all these things going on. You've been doing this for so long. And she's like in her forties and she's like a lot older. And, but then you are charging like really cheap for your readings, but you have all these other external offerings that you have. And I'm like, I wouldn't want to get a reading from you because you don't even honor the worth of your craft. So I don't like, and I feel about the discernment thing that comes through when you have a higher price and it, you know, mirrors, you know, the talents, the value of what you're offering, you align with that type of energy. You don't Mm -hmm. get crazies. You don't get people who are going to scam you or like have crazy word energy. Like I can really confidently say 98% of everyone I read for, like my clients are Gucci. They're amazing. I don't have any drama or issues because I, I feel like they're more like their right mind and that they're going to pay, you know, higher prices. Like they kind of have some shit together and they're not going mm-hmm. to um, be in that low vibration energy, which right. can really infect. Um, I feel like a lot of readers if they're not careful. So, right. and it's just like, yeah. And also it's like such a, a labor and time and like you're putting your soul out there. You just don't do that for $20, <laughs> you know? So, Mm-mm. yeah. I was going to say that um, that's with all people though. Like with artists, mm-hmm. I've noticed that really heavily, like if you, like let's say if you are a painter mm-hmm. and you make paintings, you paint, let's say a painting, you can paint like three in a day, every day, right? For a mm-hmm. week. That doesn't mean that you should be charging like you can paint three in a day every day for a week. Like mm-hmm. People will want to, like, if you charge really, really low for your paintings just because you do it for fun, you will meet people who will, like, be like, can I put a deposit down for a $20 painting? Or, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. 
want to hit you up, do some do some work for you, but they won't pay you because mm-hmm. they'll expect, well, since you do it for this cheap, you might as well do it for free. Mm-hmm. You It'll should, value you. Yeah. Don't artists hate money, you know? But it's like when you are at a high value, because really what it is is your value. You're charging your value. And mm-hmm. also in addition to that, if you're going to charge low prices, that means you're prepared to give a low price service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to pay t- charge twenty dollars for a reading, you're willing to give a twenty dollar reading. Mm-hmm. Versus you want to pay like if you want to charge someone three hundred dollars for a reading, that person's going to get a three hundred dollar reading, mm-hmm. and it's going to come out of you no matter if you just started reading yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's about that feeling of self worth and that and how divinity aligns itself with you and that you won't align with people who will try to fuck you over mm-hmm. and also people will pay full price for expensive shit they will not try to fuck you over mm-hmm. for expensive shit mm-hmm. because it's expensive <laughs> yes a hundred percent yeah and that was i was reading this client over the weekend and she's you know hesitant about going like putting her taking her business to the next level and about pricing and stuff and i was like honestly people will pay people will come and you yeah if they're going to like kind of what i was talking about yesterday with you like this one account was charging over $500 for just like a weekend to just do work in a, like an office <laughs> space, you know, people are going to pay for that. And, you know, they'll pay for your service. Like people will spend money on anything. If they want it, they'll do it. Um, mm-hmm. And money is, you know, it'll always come and it'll always go. Thinking about your relationship with money and mm-hmm. for, for me, I think that's connected with your relationship with Venus and your self-worth, your self-value, your self-love, and, you know, money, <laughs> and these yeah, resources. And that, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that feeling of, like, lack can be ever-present. It's, like, just because you've experienced not having doesn't mean that you're not worthy of having. Mm-hmm. And just because you've experienced loss doesn't mean that you won't gain either, because the capacity that you have to not have, mm-hmm. <laughs> the capacity that you have to be broke, Mm-hmm. Is the same capacity that you have to be wealthy or to have more than enough resources to be comfortable, to be mm-hmm. satisfied, to feel successful. Those things, I would say it's not really anything that looks like when you see money as a resource rather than a uh, need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you'll be able to have a better relationship with it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it definitely stems from Venusian things, like your sense of self-worth, your sense of your ability to actually feel connected and attract money. Mm-hmm. All those things, I feel like. Yeah. It's all intertwined. Yeah. And a lot of these witches too, they're trying to like win capitalism. I see. And it's like, you're never going to win. Um, that's not how capitalism works or is built. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, stop that. But it's just like a lot of these baby witches are like, I made six figures in one year and take my class to learn how. And I'm like, bitch, you, do you know how to count zeros? Because I'm sure like you've only made a grand, but maybe you envisioned another couple of zeros, you know, in the mix. But it's like, I know a lot of, um, because a lot of these deck creators I'm friends with and who are very established, very successful. They're not even hitting the six-figure mark. So it's like, who are you to just come out of the woods and be like, I made six figures on 15-minute readings for $5? I'm sorry, the math does not add up. I'm not good at math, but I know (laughs) how to calculate. How many readings were you doing? And also that's an exchange of your energy and that's depletion. Exactly. And that's burnout. Mm $5, six figures. I mean, but even if those aren't the numbers, like if you're selling yourself as this like yeah you can make six figures and da 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 what are you charging 
-hmm. like you can't I don't think it's appropriate for witchy entrepreneurs to try to sell a cookie cutter uh experience it's like selling that like wicca is witchcraft type of idea (laughs) (laughs) it's not true like yeah wicca is not witchcraft um capitalism is not the like capital is not the main goal that Mm -hmm. we strive for when it comes to being witchy and if gaining capital is your main goal there are so many other things you can do (laughs) (laughs) yeah so many other things you could do Mm -hmm. but being a witch to gain capital it's like the most harmful thing you can do because the universe is not like that. They like authenticity. They like when you move from a place of genuine love and care. If you're going to be doing something that involves people's energy, I, that's why like all these accounts that like boost up and spring up and like blow up and pop off, especially on TikTok, don't last long. Mm-mm. because there's not any sense of stability and yeah. there's no like all the framework and the groundwork laid has not been made to last and mm-hmm. so I feel like people who do things just for the sake of making money or you know it, it, it feels good and you can make money off of it that's good but also be careful of what you're actually laying and be mindful of how long it'll last and how long you can keep it up because you can be a social media which influencer there's nothing wrong with it it's actually it looks glamorous. It looks like fun. But how long can you keep that up? And mm-hmm. I think that's what this Taurus transit is going to do for us too. Really, like it's all about energy. It's exchange of energy. And you can you can read the room. Some people, of course, have a better in tune idea of like energy. And you can mm-hmm. tell when someone's being phony or fake. And which is why I think the witchy trend, it's, it's going to really feed out the long lasting, you know, people who have been in this work and who value this work and the ones who are just on it for views and uh, money and stuff. But just looking at the energy of the people behind some of these accounts and a lot of them who like grew in really big, like randomly and, you know, are trying to sell these $100,000 lies and stuff about the money that they make. They're very chaotic, unhinged people, a lot of them. (laughs) And I'm just like, and then also to a lot of them, they are wrapped into the sexual appeal as well. Like they try to be like really sexy and be like, oh yes, you know, buy my love spell, buy my course. And they have like no clothes on. And I'm just like, you are so into capitalism and the patriarchy. This is how you think the only level of success and money can translate to is and you because like you can't show up authentically because you don't know yourself without these paradigms influencing you and to me i'm like i do not want to be involved with that energy <laughs> at all exactly. it's not feminine it's honestly it doesn't come off as like really connected to nature and source which is what a lot of divination and intuitive exchange is you're so far away from it when you are prioritizing money and the male gaze straight male gaze of sexuality yeah and i want to say for our listeners that we're not talking about money itself we're talking about the love of money the worship Mm -hmm. of money money Mm -hmm. is a great resource we think everyone should have it no we have to be like realistic here like money we need to survive with it but exactly but like Mm -hmm. the um the extent that people are willing to go over Mm -hmm. some cash is embarrassing for some cash bro mm-hmm. and it's like it's not just for the fact that we are practitioners of the craft that makes it offensive it's the fact that we have an understanding of divine right timing and also 
the impact that it has on our energy in general and the market Mm -hmm. itself. I didn't even want to get into economics. I didn't even want to get into economics, but the market itself will be like, you will benefit much more from taking yourself seriously. And if you don't know anything, if you really want to learn the craft or learn, I tell my friends all the time, I'm like, do it for free. Mm-hmm. Because you will be much more confident and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Just and if someone wants to pay you, accept the tip. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If someone wants to pay you, accept the tip. But like, don't feel like you have to charge to do spiritual work. Um, there are a lot of places that just don't. But that like a lot of other countries that they don't charge at all for spiritual services. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't have to. You don't mm-hmm. have to use this hobby. You don't have to use this practice as a way to gain capital, as mm-hmm. a way to move up in society. You don't have to. That's mm-hmm. a whole choice. But um, you can. But just be mindful of that impact that it has on your energy. We're not saying that money is bad and mm-hmm. that you shouldn't want it and that you shouldn't be trying to get it. But it's like be mindful of how it impacts yourself and those within your community. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the selling of love, the selling of love yes. potions, love mixes for the sake of capitalism. That is a big deal. I've been seeing that a lot lately too. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this marketing of Venusian things, this marketing of love, the marketing of mm-hmm. I don't know, all of that stuff. And I think it's really interesting because it's like, what are you trying to sell? This isn't Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like love spells, I don't do them that much. I'm very cautious about that because when you're trying to intertwine someone else's free will energy in general, it can be very dangerous and very sticky. And I've had love spells counteract each other. So I I haven't done love spells in like almost a year, but I think like love candles are a safer approach. But a lot of the stuff I feel like you got to really think about, is this the type of energy that you want to be tied to? Is this the cord that you want to wrap around yourself with? Because, you know, some of this energy, you're going to, it's hard to get rid of once you commit to it. And then you're going to have to, you know, sleep with that decision, that choice. And I'm all about more of like the money spells and manifestation with like that type of tangible things. But when it comes to emotional spells with someone else's energy and free will, I think it's very uh, dangerous territory. Yeah, it's really problematic. Uh, one thing that I do think is so beneficial is like if you do want to manifest love, if you really want it, take people out of it. Mm-hmm. Like take the ideas of people out of it because mm-hmm. a lot of times the obsession, the attraction that we have towards other people is not what is what we want, but it's not necessarily what we need. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I've never like I think one person that I was so fixated on, I never mm-hmm. dated them. <laughs> and it's just like I know that I never I didn't need to like, I didn't have to date them I never dated them over like 11 12 years mm-hmm. and like, it was just like no if, if I would have even tried to do a love spell over that it would have blew up in my face because mm-hmm. it's like this specific person this specific energy if it didn't come together naturally mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be at all mm-hmm. and I think of that a lot because Imagine if I would put myself through that, then what? Mm-hmm. I like to set the intention for the right person or the right situation, the right circumstance to come by and for magic to happen that way. 
rather because it's like you're not attached to who the person is what the outcome of the relationship would be what they look like i mean they how they treat you mm-hmm. i think all those things how you feel in the relationship is what we should be focused on more than this actual person it's like i want a person that's consistent loving kind someone who is uh determined and driven and all of that good stuff mm-hmm. but like we don't need to have these very specific people it's like oh yeah i want so-and-so because they have these uh, properties but they also clingy now what yeah (laughs) yeah like avoiding the view and they also have attachment issues and they're still stuck on their ex three exes ago (laughs) now what like yeah they they think you reflect their dad now what (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i feel like a lot of these spells are built on um effectuation too Mm -hmm. so it's like you're not you don't really know the person you're uh like having you have rose colored glasses on yeah i i'm not really interested in love spells um i don't feel comfortable offering them for people what i do think we need if you're like curious about a relationship or someone go to the astrology go to the sinistry that is a little bit more valid and credible and i mean sure if you want to pull tarot cards which i also i only will do tarot cards when I know there's like some sinistry or astrology evolved with relationships. Because again, we're going back to the issue that it's built on a factuation. And I don't do love readings really for myself. Like it's very rare that I will um, to kind of get some information, but it's never like, oh my God, does this person love me or like me? Because then itself is not just a yes or no answer. (laughs) So emotions are fluid, but you know, I think it's, like if you want to look at more insight on love and relationships and what's going on in your, with your life, looking at the astrology in your chart, looking at what's going on with theirs, if you have that information. Um, if you don't, ask. Have them ask their mom. I've, I've dated many guys where I'm just like, ask your mom for the time of birth so I can know what's going on with you. Um, but I think that's kind of the best way to go about it. And you know, a lot of times too, just keep this information to yourself. Like if you are, you know, thinking about someone's chart, if like you're, you know, stalking it, we all, like I do it, I will stalk, I'm nosy, but um, it is just like, I'm keeping this to myself so I can think about what's going on and how I want to act in response to that beside my ego, but just going on with my own chart. What is the productivity here? And thinking it of a more like mindful and strategic approach because relationships are so fragile also when we feel these feelings of tension within ourselves it's a really big like when it comes to other people like do Mm -hmm. they like us do they want us do they love us it's a big reflection on what we should be focusing on in ourselves like do we love ourselves do Mm -hmm. we like ourselves and it has nothing to do with whether they like us it has everything to do with our fear of rejection i'm not going to say like oh we need to curve that we need to do better it's just something that we have to keep an eye out for Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're experiencing that, just take a step back and be like, hold up. Why am I feeling all this tension? Yeah. So I think, you know, you can wrap up here, but um, I do want to say thank you for all of your wisdom and astrological <laughs> advice on the signs and just in general, it's been really fun. Um, and how does support look like for you? How can we support you at this time? All right. So I have a lot going on but also simultaneously it's not that much so um i'll be updating my website next week so that um i it'll show that i'm open for taking in crochet commissions but right now i am open i'm open for readings and if you were listening earlier this conversation yes our prices are pricey (laughs) but (laughs) 
you know, I mean, you had to do what you have to do in order to make a living. Um, but my, my readings are open. Of course, I love making stuff. I love doing stuff that doesn't require me to talk to people. So making jewelry, doing crochet pieces is something that takes up a lot of my time now. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, the best way to reach out to me would be through my email address, ivysmim at gmail.com. Of course, my Instagrams and everything like that is super accessible. But the best way to reach out to me would be through email if you want to work with me. If you just want to get to know me, then hit your girl up on Instagram or Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever. All my handles are the same. And they will be in the description, right? For your yes. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Everything will right. be in the show notes yep um also talk about liberated pen so, oh <laughs> yes yeah. so yes tell tell the world about liberated pen all right world liberated pen is this creative writing group that i started um i created this writing group because we needed we need more spaces where black and indigenous people of color have space to just express themselves creatively through words without mm-hmm. having to subscribe to the um, elite colonized way of writing and expressing ourselves through words. So we have a lot of conversations. It's really fun. The um, writing portion is definitely encouraged. We have prompts that we can touch in every week. Of course, if you want to join, then you can sign up for the emailing list on my website, ivysnm.com. And of course, I have a liberated pen email list group that you can access on the website. And also there are submissions. So if you're a writer and you want to submit any of your work, um, poetry, prose, creative nonfiction, narratives, any of that, then just submit it to me through my email and I'll read it and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Liberated Pen meets every Wednesday, twice a day at 9.30 in the morning and 8 p.m. Our nighttime group is lit. Okay. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm part of the Liberating Pen group. A member here speaking from experience. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's really, really fun. It's really fun. So definitely join and be a part of it. So well, thank you so much, Ivy, for everything. And um, I will talk to you soon. So yes. <laughs> bye. Yes.